Hello and welcome to The Global Current, the official international affairs podcast at Seton Hall University School of Diplomacy. I'm your host, Hamza Khan, for today's special episode, where we will be looking at the conflict in Syria from the perspective of democracy and human rights. The Syrian civil war began in 2011 in the aftermath of popular uprisings in the region against dictators during the Arab Spring. The conflict has been plagued by human rights abuses throughout and the displacement of millions of people. Today, I'm honored to be joined by Raja Altali, the Sergio Vera de Mello Endowed Visiting Chair in the Practice of Post-Conflict Diplomacy at Seton Hall University and a Senior Fellow at the Center for Peace and Conflict Studies at Seton Hall University. Ms. Raja Altali is a member of the Syrian Women's Advisory Board for the UN Special Envoy for Syria since it was established in January 2016 to ensure that women's perspective and leaderships are taken into account in the Syrian peace process. She is also the co-founder of the Center for Civil Society and Democracy, or CCSD, in Syria. Ms. Altali is the co-chair of the U.S. Civil Society Working Group on Women, Peace, and Security. Raja Altali, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, thank you so much for hosting me. Of course. So let's start off a little bit with your background. Can you tell us about your background and how you got involved in political activism in Syria? Yeah, so when I was 12 years old, my father was arrested in Syria because he was in a a political party opposition. And at that time, I thought it's too dangerous for people to uh, engage in public affairs and also political activism. So I decided at that time, I, and I promise even myself that like I don't want to take risk in, um, in that regard. But when the Syrian revolution started in 2011, I uh, felt um, I want to engage more. I want to help the women, men, youth mm, who took up the streets in Syria and demanded freedom and justice and democracy for our beloved country. And I started immediately in 2011. I was doing here in the US my uh, PhD in uh, applied math at Northeastern University. Uh, But uh, I started immediately documenting human rights violation, helping in raising the voices of Syrian people in um, bringing their voice for justice on international platform and also on the Syrian and uh, Arab uh, platform, talking a little bit about like who uh, uh, who were detained, which towns were raided by the Syrian regime, because the response of the Syrian regime on the Syrian revolution in 2011 was very unjust and also very harsh. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't just like sit aside. I uh, involved and mainly supporting and strengthening civil society. That's very powerful. Can you tell us a little bit about the political conditions in Syria before the Arab Spring under the Bashar al-Assad regime and how the initial uprisings began in Syria? Yeah, so n- this is like I give you just example of my father that yeah. like he was arrested in 1992 and for nine years actually of his life. The first year was in uh, 
political security forces where he was tortured and we were not as his family we were not able to see him for almost like a year and even like we don't know the news from him so it was very very hard year for us and we are one of the families in Syria that like their beloved one was uh, kidnapped arrested etc then like he he was in prison until 2000 where uh, Bashar al-Assad took over power in Syria after his father died and um, you can you can see from my conversation that we have the father um, Assad for 30 years from 1970 until 2000 where detention and like not allowing political movements to um, form not allowing civil society to form also like um, so there was no freedom of speech um, or freedom of expression and then, like, after that, in 2000, when there was, like, kind of passing the power um, from the father to the son in 2000, and now in 2022, even the Bashar al-Assad is still in power. So 52 years, mm-hmm. the same family, and uh, not in even, like, a democratic process. Right, so right. you have the oppression, you have that in Syria, like, before 2011, and after you have oppression, you have dictatorship, and also you have movement that wants like to mm, express the youth mm. vision and the woman vision, but mm, are not possible. And if I'm correct, the initial uprisings began, were led by students, right, in the city of Dara? So mm, this is like in 2011, like inspired by the Arab right. Spring, actually. Yeah. You have many, many students in Dara province who started writing on the like walls of the schools that Jacques Doria Dictor, which mm. means like it's now your turn, oh. Dr. Bashar, or also like we want to double the regime. Right. Uh, like people wants to double the regime and after that you have the security forces who arrested those students those children they are all under 18 and this is where like the main demonstration actually started in Dara in uh, March 18, 2011, and they started calling for the release of the children and also release of like the detainees in, sh- in general. And there was like also other movement, like for example, in Damascus in March 15, you have like the family of the detained people were in front of that like public institution in order to say public court that mm, they want the release of their beloved ones as well. So this is what really inspired the revolution to start or like the beginning of the revolution in 2011, which was inspired by the Arab Spring. Right. But mm, I mean, especially the first year of the revolution, and you have like a lot of town who was rising. You have like thousands of people. You have like, for example, in July 2011, you have like hundreds of thousand people took up the streets in Hama province and also in Derzor, in Damascus suburb, even before, like where you have like a, a huge number of people were like mm-hmm. taking up the streets saying, we want like the change for democracy. We want the change to uh, the ability of freedom in Syria. And, but there was like a military uh, response from the regime where you have in the first year mainly a lot of detention, a lot of raiding towns, 
a lot of like bombing from uh, ground bombing mm, but then like even after that there was like the siege you have a lot of human rights violations in Syria that was committed by the Syrian regime to end the uprising or to end like uh, even like become considered as civil war in Syria yeah so it, it dissolved into civil war by the end of 2011 right so in 2015, the UN Security Council, they passed UN Security Council Resolution 2254 on the Syrian peace process. Can you talk a little bit about those UN uh, Security Council resolutions and how they created the Syrian Women's Advisory Board and what they do? So thank you so much for this question. This is very important because now, like the roadmap for a political solution in Syria, it is through the political process based on Security Council Resolution 2254. So when, like in 2012, like this is even before 2015, the international community passed what is known as Geneva Communique, which is considered the first roadmap for Syria in order to have like a solution which included like cessation of hostility or like ceasefire included release of detainees uh, included uh, like some point and at this time what were the two sides in the conflict primarily besides the government and the opposition, opposition. like led this by the, the free syrian army so or in 2012 there was like mainly the military from the opposition it was right. the free syrian army and the military and the Syrian army from the regime as like on the military basis. But right. also you have on the political base, the opposition came together in, at the end of 2011 and they form what is called at that time Syrian National Council. So you have in Geneva, in Geneva Communique in June 2012 where like you have a roadmap for solving the conflict in Syria or the crisis. But then, and which led actually to a, a negotiation in to early to 2014 between the Syrian regime and the opposition. And this is the only two delegation which was allowed right. in this negotiation. And uh, the UN Special Envoy, Akhtar al-Brahimi, was the one who called actually for this negotiation. And he is the one who called like the negotiation to be a failure as well because the regime wasn't ready to do any compromises. But what I want to stress here that during this time that the Syrian woman movement and also the Syrian civil society has done a lot of work in order either like to do peace building efforts on the ground or also on the national level. So we were calling and myself and also the organization that I co-founded, Center for Civil Society and Democracy, we did a lot of work in order to push for Syrian civil society and Syrian woman participation in the peace process. Unfortunately, in the negotiation in 2014, we were not have uh, we didn't have any possibility or any mechanism to have an engaging direct engagement on the political process. By the end of 2015, there was like the Security Council Resolution 2254, which is mainly focusing on four different baskets, as the Special mm -hmm. Envoy Dimestora called it. And the first one, it's considering the cessation of hostility, including actually everything which is related to bringing more security to the country. The second one was also mm, uh, like the election, and you have the constitution and also you have the 
fighting terrorism in Syria. Right. So with uh, n- those fighting the, ter- the basket of fighting terrorism and the security and the cessation of hostility become like as one uh, component and you have another basket which is like the regime didn't like to start with it while the opposition wanted to start with it which is the good governance like how to have a transitioning governing body in Syria in order to move to a democratic state in Syria. But right, what we... So Assad, he b- that would basically mean Assad would have to step down. He didn't like that, right? I mean, it doesn't say directly that Assad's stepping, da- stepping down because there's not none of the resolution mm, okay. n- saying specifically that. And it's very important that, like, the whole process of democracy is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Like, how you are mm, making sure that you have a democratic um, system, how you are moving to secular mm, state in order to make sure that everyone is involved and everyone is included in the country. So everyone feels mm, that through the constitution process or through the good governance process are able to express their needs, their priority. And because we have a lot of atrocity in Syria that happened not only in the last 11 years, but even before. So you have even crimes against humanity uh, and war crimes that happen. So in order to be dealing with it, you need like the whole country to be able to respond on a legal front, but also on the community front in order to make sure that like you are moving forward. So what I wanted to explain here that like based on the 1325 uh, Security Council resolution, which was adopted by the Security Council in 2000, we were able to push for more women and civil society participation Mm. in the peace process since 2016. Mm, And this is where the UN established two mechanisms. The first one, it's called Women Advisory Board. And I'm member, proudly member of the Women Advisory Board, where like we engage actually mm, since then in all the discussion that is taking place on the political process. And another mechanism, it's called Civil Society Support Room, and also CCSD is a member of the Civil Society Support mm-hmm. Room, where also like my colleagues represent in all the discussion that is happening, like the talks and. Mm, like uh, if it's about like, for example, social cohesion or about like economic situation in Syria, about releasing of the detainees or the detainees file in general. So all this discussion, civil society and Syrian women become engaging in, in, a, in a periodic, periodically, not on only one, one time or two times. So, and this is since 2016. And we were very proud of having like more women and civil society mm-hmm. participation in the peace process. So do you want to ask another question or you want well, I was going to just go and ask a little bit more about CCSD and what work they do. But do you have anything else you want to say before? Yeah, I do that, definitely. That? So basically in 2019, actually, there was finally after like a work of more one year and a half, actually, the secretary general of the UN in September 2019 announced the establishment of the Constitutional Committee in Syria. And also the establishment of the Constitutional Committee was an important um, step towards having more women and civil society engagement in the political process in Syria. So for the first time in history, like the WAP and also mm, like the CSSR as like a unique mechanism mm, when they were established, we have not only in the Constitutional Committee 
regime delegation, which is 50 members, and also the opposition delegation, which is also 50 members. But you have civil society delegation, which is also 50 members, where mm, actually we were able to have more women representative in the civil society mm, okay. so delegation. So that's like in the constitutional committee? Within the wow. constitutional yeah, committee. Okay. So direct participation, wow. we're able yeah. to n- get it, even though we have uh, inspired, uh, like aspired actually for having the 50 independent civil society members, but mm, still like having direct participation in the constitutional committee was very essential. We were not, we were aiming for at least 30% women participation, Mm. almost achieved it, but mm, we are hoping to engage more women in the constitutional process as well. But this is like another important element in our mm, like struggle as Syrian women Mm. and Syrian civil society to achieve more participation in the peace process. Right. So that sounds really promising. So can you talk about, in 2019, I understand that you also gave a six-point brief to the UN Security Council outlining a possible political resolution to the Syrian conflict. Could you talk a little bit about that? Oh, definitely. So I did actually give that six-point roadmap on behalf of Center for Civil Society and Democracy in Syria. And maybe I can talk a little bit about the work that CCSD did before like moving uh, towards the uh, roadmap. So CCSD is a Syrian founded organization. We came together, a group of activists in uh, 2011, inspired actually by the Syrian revolution and also because many of us actually was engaged, even some of us like were like participation and participating in the demonstration, etc. And we were mm, acknowledging that civil society is a main pillar for a democratic state. So if you want to call for a democracy or if you want to achieve democratic state in Syria, we want like a strong and uh, uh, open civil society in Syria. So the main mission that we agreed on actually at that time, it was to support and strengthen civil society and to promote democracy in Syria. We ended up registering in three different countries. So we are registered in the US, uh, in DC, and also in Netherlands, and also in Turkey, in Gaziantep, where like, mm, because we were closer, uh, closer to Syria, and to the Syrian people, as you know, there are more than 4 million uh, refugee mm-hmm. of Syrians in Turkey, actually. So through those three organizations, we're able to hold hundreds of workshops, dialogue sessions and dialogue forums, conferences in order to bring diverse Syrian people together in order to discuss the needs and discuss the priority, discuss even solution, like identify what are the problems that like the local communities in Syria are like facing and identify even solutions how to uh, solve those issues. So we worked like with thousands of Syrian women uh, on like also how to identify our plans in order to have more women participation in political parties, but also mainly in the political process. And also we worked with hundreds of civil society groups and individuals and network in order to also bring the voices of the Syrian people from the different provinces inside Syria to international community, but also to each other. 
because it's very important that like Syria now in 2022 is not the same as Syria 2011. Even you have on like the geographic uh, situation in Syria is different. So now you cannot even talk about when Syria. You have like Syria, n- which is under the control of the regime. And mm-hmm. you have like the northeast of Syria, which is under the control of the Syrian Democratic Forces and the political wing of a Syrian Democratic Council, which mainly was the force in order to uh, liberate some of the area from ISIS, right. especially in Raqqa and Deir yes. And you have also in the northwest of Syria, another area of control, which is like more under the opposition and also which mm, like with the group which is backed by the Turkish government. So this is the same Syria as country, but like it's different in the control and also like military control and also the political control. And what is important that like even like the one area of control. So, for example, if we take the regime controlled area. So if you want like to mm, think about Damascus, it's a little bit different from Dara or uh, mm, mm. different from Sweda. So also right. the circumstances between one government, one uh, governance area is different from another. But what is important at the moment, how to move forward in order to have a political solution in Syria, to have a peace agreement in order to be able to achieve the sustainable peace and also democratic state in Syria. So the six points in your brief, a lot of it focused on seizing hostilities, freeing detainees. Can you talk a little bit about that? And the and you mentioned like there's different um, sectors of control in the country right now. Does this peace process include all the sides in those like constitutional committee in the in the resolution process, like from the Syrian northeast where the SDF is and the Rojava area, right? And then there's like Idlib with the Turkish backed forces, and then there's the regime area. Yeah. So thank you. And this is where, like I said, like it's important to get to the point where we have like a roadmap for Syria in order to achieve like a mm, political solution. Mm -hmm. And this is like in 2000, you know, in the Security Council, there's like three sessions every month on Syria. One political updates. You have the other one like an update on using chemical weapons. And you have an update on using like a humanitarian uh, update. So you have those three updates on a monthly basis in the Security Council. So in 2019, CCSD was invited n- to speak n- or to brief the Security Council uh, on the political update. N- and I was on behalf of CCSD briefing the Security Council. And it's very important. This is also like an important mechanism of involving civil society. From us, like at least we, we did like a wide consultation with many Syrians. So at least 100 people give like input, direct input in the brief and like the creation of the roadmap that we provided with the cessation uh, for achieving political process. So what we we did actually dividing the roadmap into two parts. The first part, it's more as confidence building measures. So we uh, outlined like three recommendations or three points on dealing with the detainees file in Syria. And the second one on on uh, dealing with uh, IDPs and the refugee in Syria. 
and the first one was actually on the cessation of hostility right. because we do believe that like um, with the bombing in Syria and also with all um, sexual and gender based violence like we cannot really move forward in order to achieve a political process or a political uh, um, agreement right so this is the first part and the second part was more like on the long term, like how to establish for the roadmap for a political change in Syria on the long term. So we talked about like a constitutional mm, reform or change in the constitution and also in the accountability, the good governance. We touched base on the needs of the reconstruction after we achieve like the peace agreement and also like involvement of women and youth and the sustainable the importance of achieving sustainable development goals right. as well to help Syria. like when refugees come are they refugees like coming back into Syria or is that so we we do believe as CCSD that like it's very important when we talk about the return of refugee to make sure that it's safe and voluntary mm. return and like when we talk about the return of refugee, we are hoping that like the peace agreement would help in making sure that that like to have return of refugee and return of IDB as part of the peace agreement, but also to make sure that there is a mechanism in order to supervise and make sure to protect all the IDBs and the refugee. So now that the peace process is picking up, as you said, um, what does the future democratic Syria look like to you? And is that possible with the Assad regime still in power? So um, actually only 10 days ago, there was like the meeting, the seventh round of meeting of the Constitutional Committee. And now in uh, the seventh round, there was discussion of uh, four different principles constitutional principles in Syria. So, I mean, this is a promising. We know that there is still time in order to have inclusive security within Syria or even like that. You asked me about the representation. Is it inclusive representation? It's not inclusive yet. For, for like minorities or for women? and For like if we want to talk about all different party, political oh, okay. parties yes, yeah. or even like civil society right. uh, groups. So it's still not inclusive enough. You need to have like right. a uh, more inclusive process. And this is one of the main recommendation that we are still mm, working okay. with the UN in order to achieve. But there's also, we, we recognize that there are some difficulties like yes. because the Syrian civil society, like the civil war in Syria, it's not only Syrian-Syrian war. It is actually, region. there is like engagement of mm. regional powers and also internationals, uh, international power. But like with Syria, we are hoping that like a respect of human rights, woman rights, rule of law prevail in Syria. We are hoping that there will be a division of power and also balance of power in Syria. We are hoping when we are putting like a picture of the democracy in Syria, we are hoping that youth, women, everyone has a role, participatory role. So we have mm, voting system which will allow people like to participate in choosing their representative, not having one family only ruling the country. Mm -hmm. So it's having as much as possible all Syrian people inside the country, but also outside the country to be able to rebuild Syria 
but also to be able actually to deal with the past because what happened, like you cannot look to the future without really learning from the past and making sure all the human rights violations that happened to build the system that they are not repeated again. So if we are, and not only in Syria, I mean in Syria and other places around the world. So we are hoping (coughs) the courageous people in Syria, women and men who like break the barriers that we faced from the oppression, from the injustice, that we are giving an example around the world that like dictatorship shouldn't be ruling and also democracy is the best solution not only democracy, democracy that really believe or respect all rights of all the people. Well, there's no doubt we could keep going for much longer on this fascinating topic with our fascinating guest, but unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. I truly wish you and CCSD the best of luck in your endeavors, and we hope that this conflict comes to a close soon. Thank you, Ms. Altali, for this extremely fruitful conversation and for coming on today's special episode. Thank you, Hamza, and good luck with um, all the students at Seton Hall University. Thank you so much. As always, be sure to follow The Global Current on Instagram and LinkedIn for updates on upcoming shows. The Global Current is brought to you by the School of Diplomacy and International Relations at Seton Hall University. As always, keep it current with us and catch us on the waves every Sunday at 8.30 a.m. on 89.5 FM WSOU. Until next time, thank you.